Hello, this episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored, as usual, by Audible.com. If you'd like to download a free audiobook, just visit audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke, or just click one of the Audible pictures on my website. Now let's get started with this new episode. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode. On the podcast today, I'm talking to Jessica Beck, who has been working in English language teaching for over 10 years. She's an instructor, a teacher trainer, and an author of 14 textbooks for learning English. You may also know Jessica from her work on the IELTS Energy podcast, which is part of the All Ears English Network. Remember All Ears English? I talked to uh, Gabby and Lindsay from All Ears English on Luke's English podcast last year about culture shock. Remember that? Well, Jessica is part of the All Ears English team and is known there as the examiner of excellence. So she knows a lot about the IELTS test And she's got some really good advice for any of my listeners who plan to take that test. If you're not planning to take the test, well, these skills can also be applied to your general use of English in in general life as well. I expect that most of you know what the IELTS test is. In fact, um, I have done an episode about IELTS before on Luke's English podcast in which I went through every part of the test in one episode, dispensing various bits of Jedi wisdom to help you get a better score. That episode is called Tips and Tricks for the IELTS Test and is episode number 254 of Luke's English Podcast. Uh, So you can just find it if you want to listen to that. Uh, For those of you who don't know, um, IELTS stands for International English Language Testing System and it's now the world's number one test of English language level. The test measures your English in four areas – reading, writing, listening and speaking. The maximum score in each area is nine – Um, So if you get nine, that means you're an expert user of English. And the lowest is one, which means you're a total beginner. Um, So lots of universities, employers and other institutions around the world require an IELTS score as requirement for entry. And seven is usually the target score. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower, depending on the institution. Uh, Cambridge University in the UK, for example, requires a minimum of 7.5 overall. Uh, with no less than seven in any of the uh, individual categories. So if you want to get a place at a great British or American university, the first challenge is often to get a really good IELTS score. And what you need is good advice and helpful strategies to allow you to do your best. So in this episode, we're going to meet Jessica and talk specifically about the IELTS speaking test, in which you have 15... uh, In the IELTS speaking test, you have a 15-minute interview with an IELTS examiner and your spoken English is tested in a few ways. And Jessica has loads of tips for the speaking exam and I'm hoping that she can give us some good advice on how having a sense of humour can get you a better score in the test. So listen for some more top tips for IELTS in this episode. Also, would you... uh, What do you think would happen if I took the IELTS speaking test? Well, listen to the whole episode and you'll find out. Now, let's meet Jessica, the examiner of excellence from IELTS Energy Podcast. And I'm going to call her on Skype right now. So here we go. Hello. Hello, Jessica. Hey, Luke, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you doing? Great. Nice to hear from you. I, I, you surprised me with your phone call. I did not expect this at all. <laughs> really, really, it's not like we emailed in advance to arrange the exact time. No, it's a complete, it's a complete surprise. Yeah, I just thought I'd give you a call, to see how you are. Yeah, you're lucky you caught me at home. You know, I'm yeah, just, I'm so busy, isn't it? It's such a coincidence. This is, um, isn't it Monday morning for you? It is, yeah, but it's it's Labor Day here. So oh, right. on on Labor Day, funnily enough, nobody works. Right. So everything's closed. So it should yeah. be called No Labor Day, really? Exactly, exactly. That's never made sense to me. Yeah. I suppose that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me neither. We have Labor Day too, but I don't I don't think it's today. 
Cause, um, no, no, it's, it's different. No. I'm sure it, it, it commemorates something like something happened in history to decide that today was when all workers got to not work. But I have no idea what that was. I think there are sort of different Labor Days in different parts of the world. It's probably possible, yeah. Jessica, to somehow travel around the world and not work. You know, just sort of pick <laughs> pick your itinerary very carefully so that you arrive in each place on Labor Day and you're just constantly on holiday. You'd, you'd run out of money, but who cares? But, but that's okay, you know? You, if, you, <laughs> if you just save up for like a year. And plus, <laughs> some countries have so many holidays. Like I, I lived in Cambodia for a couple years, mm-hmm. and they have the most holidays of any country in the world. Seriously, how many, and, ho- how many holidays do they have? Oh my gosh, I don't know. But like every, every month, I would say... Um, three out of the four weeks, there'd be a holiday. Like there's hey. at least like two or three holidays every month. Oh my yeah. God. I've got to move to Cambodia. <laughs> That's brilliant. I thought France had a lot yeah. of holidays. There's nothing compared and to And France does also, right? Is that where yeah. you are now? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm currently in Paris. I'm sitting in my, oh my flat, God. looking out the window, looking at the Eiffel Tower at this moment. Get out of town. Yeah, seriously, seriously. I've got the Eiffel Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. I can see the Eiffel Tower. It's amazing. I'm living in some sort of cliche of, of Paris. Um uh, <laughs> where incredible. where where I can see the Eiffel Tower out of my window and if I open the window I hear the sounds of uh, accordion players down down in the street <laughs> below and Woody <laughs> Allen is making a movie here and uh <laughs> There's some there's some jazz music in the background. Exactly, that's right. There's there's gentlemen riding around on bicycles with baguettes under their arms, you know, the usual cliches. But it's a mime on a bicycle. Yeah, that's right. Baguette, right? A mi- um, he's miming having a baguette there's not actually a bicycle he's just pretending to ride a bicycle that's right that's right yes while holding a baguette it's it's fantastic (laughs) it's really fantastic um so you're in portland aren't you which is on the west coast of the united states of america (laughs) of america (laughs) yeah it's yeah i love portland portland's amazing have you have you seen the show portlandia i i was watching some clips from portlandia earlier on today in fact so in in preparation for our conversation to get myself into the right mental state for it to to actually speak to a genuine portlandian is that the right word for it portlandian portlandian port no portlander portlander is what we call ourselves okay i've only lived here for um like five years so i'm not i'm not from here or anything but no it's it's amazing Amazing. I mean, you could bike everywhere and people are like their priorities are in place, you know, mm. like you don't you don't work like crazy. You you sort of work enough to save a little bit and and like still enjoy yourself mm. and go see all the free music and cheap movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah I heard that uh, there's lots of stand up comedy in Portland as well. And it's like, yeah, tons. Yeah. yeah. The um, the Helium Comedy Club gets all the you know, all the names or mm. whatever. Yeah. Um, we saw, who did we see? We saw Al Madrigal there. Right. Never heard of uh, him. Not, he's, not aware he of was him. The, he was a correspondent on The Daily Show. He oh, was yeah. like their Hispanic dude right. for a while. Yeah, he's super funny. Okay, sounds um, brilliant. Yeah, yeah so I, you should you should book a show, right? You yeah. stand up? Yeah, I do stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they'd take me, but I'd love to perform <laughs> there. De- definitely. Um, yeah, the uh, the show Portlandia is sort of like the big show uh, um, at the moment, which is kind of making Portland even more famous. Uh, very funny yeah. program indeed. So Portland, oh where where exactly is Portland, by the way? Just for the, just in case anyone it's, doesn't know. Um, yeah, so if you picture the states, you see like Seattle in the northwest corner yeah right like up towards canada so mm-hmm. portland is like just south of there right okay it's you know what of... i mean so seattle's in washington and portland's in oregon so right. we're about an hour from the beach and like yeah. 20 minutes from snowy mountains wow sounds amazing yeah. sounds brilliant i was in san francisco um just a couple of weeks ago and absolutely loved it but we didn't uh, have enough time to venture any further north but uh if we had more time we would have gone all the way up visited portland uh seattle maybe all the way up to vancouver and canada just so many things to do so many places to explore it's not enough time <laughs> well, america's so big i mean it's yeah we when um when i had 
my honeymoon, we took a year to travel actually. Yeah. And part of it was um we got on we got bicycles in San Francisco and we rode we rode our bicycles from San Francisco up to Oregon. Wow. And it took like a month on bikes, like going through all the wine country and oh. stuff and then we just like hitched rides oh. um from Eugene to Portland to Seattle. Wow. Sounds yeah, amazing. It was awesome. Since yeah, that's how we decided to come to Portland because it's like a it's like a small town atmosphere, but it's still a big city. Mm. You know, everyone is just super laid back and like not worried about having the most expensive shiny whatevers and just I don't yeah. know, just like hanging out. Everybody just kind of hangs out in Portland. Sounds really cool. <laughs> it sounds brilliant. Um, all right. Well, um, nice to get a bit of Portland atmosphere on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> now, um, so Jessica, you're, you're from uh, All Ears English. I've, I had um, Gabby and Lindsay on this podcast some time ago. So uh, my oh, listeners yeah. are familiar with All Ears English um, already. And of course, they probably know it anyway themselves from just from the internet. Uh, but you are, uh, you do like a, your own podcast on All Ears English, sort of the network, right? Yeah. So um, almost a year ago, I saw this ad for, to be like a co-host on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to podcasts for years. Like I, I was so excited. I was like, this is that's like a dream job. I could be paid to be on a podcast. Yeah. And so like I applied. But, you know, it's one of those things you just apply for something really awesome and you almost never hear back. Right. You're right. just like, ah. I'm just going to try. Um, yeah, but this time I heard back. And it was originally going to, like, I was just going to be a once a week or once every other week um, guest host to talk about IELTS test preparation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just grew from there. And so now we have our own podcast called IELTS Energy. We put out four episodes a week. Um, nice. And it's grown so quickly. I think there's, like... Um, average of 9,000 downloads a day. Wow, like, that's it's great. It's so awesome. It's just, it's incredible. I never yeah. thought I could um, take my 10 years of like IELTS experience and turn it into something so fun, you know? Well, it just shows but, like, that, people, I, yeah. I, I guess, um, you know, there's lots of people out there in the world who realize now that they can learn a lot of English through podcasts. And so, you know, yeah. um, you know, we, that's how we managed to get, I mean, there, there's even more, there's even more than 9,000 a, a day, probably. I mean, just many, many, many more people who still uh, don't even realize that this kind of thing is available. Well, um, yeah. So how do we find um, uh, IELTS Energy Podcast? Yeah, so you can um, look it up in whatever you use to get podcasts, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, or the better thing is to go to our website, IELTS.AllEarsEnglish.com. Um, you can get all the podcasts there and you could see some of our other resources because we developed a course now um, called Three Keys IELTS. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a full course for all the IELTS test preparation that you need. So you can um, get into that and actually try it out for a dollar now right, just to okay. see if you like it. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right, then. So IELTS.AllEarsEnglish.com and my listeners mm -hmm. can check that out. So you're the um, you're known as the um, ex examiner. Whoa, what's what's your nickname? Examiner of Excellence. <laughs> the Examiner <laughs> of Excellence. It's a brilliant nickname. <laughs> I know. We <laughs> This is because you you're excellent at uh being an IELTS examiner, I imagine, right? <laughs> well, um I can't say if I'm an IELTS examiner or not. We're not allowed to say that. Oh, but okay. um that is my nickname on the show, but we don't actually use it. Like we we thought it was going to be a cool gimmicky thing at first, mm -hmm. but we never actually okay. use that name. I want to though. I want to get business cards with that name. Um yeah, so uh, but I have been teaching IELTS for, let's see, I taught IELTS for six years in Taiwan. And then when I got here, I've also been teaching it for the last four years. Um, I've done lots of like webinars for IDP Australia and um, mm -hmm. some teacher training stuff with Macmillan. So, okay. Yeah. Great. So, um, Hopefully, you can give uh, my listeners lots of good advice here. And we're going to talk about the speaking part of the test. Um, so can you just remind us very quickly of the content of the speaking test in, in IELTS? 
Yeah. So um, the biggest difference between IELTS and TOEFL is that TOEFL is all on a computer. So the speaking mm. test, you're just like talking on a microphone to a computer, which I think would be weird. But on IELTS, you're talking to a real person face to face. So it is it, it is a formal interview, but it's but it's not, you know, it's yeah. um, supposed to be a conversation. So um, it's in three parts and it lasts the whole thing from 11 to 14 minutes. Um, nice. And in the first part, it's just like personal questions about yourself. Super easy. Um, do you like trees, for example? Do you like trees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's uh, what, some super random what, questions. What's the correct answer to do you like trees? And is there is there a right or wrong answer to that question? <laughs> um, no, of course there's not a wrong answer, um, unless you start talking about like something unrelated, like comic books or something. As long as it's related to the topic, like you're, it's just your opinions, and your yeah. opinions aren't wrong. So whatever you could say, you hate trees and want to burn them all, right, yeah. and the examiner might not agree, but like that doesn't matter. Okay, all right. <laughs> so so sorry, that was is that part one? Just like questions yeah. about you, questions about sort of things you like and and your life in general, maybe questions about your family and. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So like your free time, family, friends, studies, um, describe your home, your city, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so super easy. And and the questions are informal, right? So right. when you talk about it, your answer should also be more relaxed. Yeah. Um, and then part two, you have to speak for two minutes about a topic. So the examiner gives you a topic card mm-hmm. um, and you have one minute to brainstorm, to think of ideas yep. and take notes. And then you have two minutes to talk and you just have to talk for the whole two minutes. Okay. So what kind of things do, would you get? Trees again? Is it uh, <laughs> Is it likely? <laughs> it could happen. Could be, would it be like, would it be, I don't know, uh, would it be something like, so the government has decided to uh, cut down all the trees in your neighbourhood. Um, what do you think? Or, uh, <laughs> well, that could be that could be like a part three, right. but part two part two is still personal. It's still about mm-hmm. you. It's mm-hmm. like describe the last movie you saw. Um, okay. Describe your favourite place to read. Uh-huh. You know, it's so it's it's it'll usually ask you to describe something, an experience or a thing, or yeah. you know. So, uh- Whatever. It's typically things like kind of uh, describe a gift that you bought for a friend recently or mm-hmm. describe a holiday that you had recently. That yeah. sort of thing, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so it's still still personal. And when when I teach this part to my students, I tell them to try and tell a story because that way, like, it's easy to talk for two minutes if mm-hmm. you have a whole story to tell, yeah. you know, and then it's your answers organized, right? Like by time so first we did this and then blah 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 because mm-hmm. um, they're all students are just kind of like floundering for right. two minutes you know yeah. and like not sure which way to which direction to go yeah stories always a really good uh, good approach and I guess what we mean here is sort of an anecdote rather than mm-hmm. a sort of once upon a time in a faraway kingdom <laughs> there lived a prince and the prince had a tree in his castle not that sort of story obviously but um, more of the anecdote yeah Actually, I had a holiday I had a holiday That'd last so year. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be good, though. I don't, I don't know uh, if that would be uh, useful if you did tell a fairy tale. I don't think that's what they're looking for, is it? They, they want a personal anecdote of some kind, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, in, unless the question's about a fairy tale, you probably shouldn't discuss a fairy right, tale. Right, but yeah. having said that, it would be super funny, and I think you would definitely make the examiner laugh if you um, introduced your part mm. two answer with like, "Once upon a time, there was a student, mm. and he saw a movie, and like, and then, and then you laugh to let the examiner know it was a joke." Like right. that. That would be really funny. As long as it's obvious that uh, uh, you know, doing something like that, something quirky and original and humorous. Yeah. As long as it's obvious to the examiner that you're making a little joke then I suppose right. that could be a good way of breaking the ice and showing that you've got a personality and showing that you're even aware of, of something like the conventions of storytelling and things like that um, exactly mm-hmm. but I guess really the the that's a bit of a risk I, I think that probably is better just to you know give a, a, a genuine account of something that happened to you I suppose but we'll we'll look a you bit know- more about humor and stuff in a second right what about uh, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Part three is the discussion, isn't it? That's just where there's a... Yeah, so... 
Part three is a little more formal. Um, so a lot of the topics and questions will be similar to writing task two questions, for example. So right. it's a lot about your opinions and um, you have to compare and contrast things or give advantages and disadvantages, uh -huh. um, make predictions, stuff like that. So um, the topic is going to be related to part two. So if in part two you had to describe the last movie you saw, then mm -hmm. part three will be about – um, like, should actors get paid that much or, right. um, what makes a movie successful? Mm. Why does the public still enjoy going to the cinema is downloading wrong, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So okay. the topic will be related, but they will be more formal type questions. Okay. All right. That's, so that's the overview of the, the whole test. So what do you think is a common mistake that, um, many students make in the speaking part of the exam then? <laughs> um yeah the well it, it comes from not knowing what the examiner wants that's mm -hmm. that's the first thing you know um students can approach the test in so many ways and sometimes they'll just you know go to a test prep class that's not even related to IELTS maybe it's a mm. TOEFL class and like mm. it doesn't prepare them first like you really have to know what the examiner wants on the test yeah. um and from not knowing that people approach the speaking test all wrong sometimes mm. and it's it's extremes right you have this one end of being like super formal i picture a student in like glasses and a tie yep. and just like sitting super straight um yep. like staring directly at the examiner like <laughs> just just being being sort of scary and like every answer starts with some sort of memorized lexical chunk. Like I am of the opinion that, and right. so it's just, it's awkward. And like in, in part one, the examiner might say, um, describe your hometown. Mm. And the student would be like, I am of the opinion that I was born in Taipei. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yes. Like formalized, like, uh, uh, memorized phrases and robotic yeah. kind of, um, uh, repetition of stuff that has been memorized rather than a genuine mm -hmm. response in the moment sort of an authentic exactly. kind of response exactly uh -huh. yeah so the why this is wrong is um and some students would say like well that's it's better it's better to do that than you know just be too relaxed or whatever but honestly being too relaxed is it's still wrong, but it's probably better mm. for your score. Um, so the other the other side is being too relaxed. And that, you know, I just find that sort of disrespectful. Right. Like if, if a student walks in and like the hoodie with the baseball cap over his eyes, uh, just like <laughs> super slouchy in the chair. And I say, so describe your hometown. And he's kind of like, well, well. It's you know it's okay or whatever like that's yeah. that's also that's also not acceptable. Um, how these things will hurt the score? I just want to give your listeners an idea of like the real impact of these behaviors because yeah. you're graded on four things. So the first is fluency and coherence. Mm -hmm. um, if you if your answers are too short, like the relaxed guy, or if your answers don't quite make sense, like yeah. the too formal guy, then that's going to hurt your fluency and coherence scores because it's just it's not appropriate and it's not going to make sense. Um, it'll also hurt your vocabulary because you're not using the appropriate vocabulary for the question, right? right? So that score is going to go down. And then pronunciation, of course, if you're too formal, then you're speaking like a robot because like you're nervous or whatever, mm. then that's going to make your pronunciation score drop. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, could you just throw a few questions at me and I'm going to respond to them in, in uh, either an appropriate or inappropriate way? Right. <laughs> so I, either I, I'll be one of, it'll be one of three responses. It'll either be the very formalized robotic person who has no personality or it'll be the sort of like eh, chilled out kind of bloke who's, yeah, whatever. Up, yeah. And, or it'll be just me being normal. All right. Okay. So throw me a few questions and I'm going to respond to them in, in one of those ways. My listeners can guess which one it is. I think it'll be obvious, but let's do it anyway. It's like, it's like a quiz. Okay. Um, so tell me, tell me about where you're living now. I live in Paris. It's like, <laughs> it's in France and that, you know what I mean? This is a this is a Mancunian accent, by the way, a sort of Mancunian. You know the the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. Yeah, it's yeah. capital of, capital of France. You know what I mean? Paris. <laughs> so 
all right. It's all right. Loads of, Fran- this- loads of French people are not. That's a that's a really good example of where like even a native speaker would mm-hmm. do really horribly on really, yeah. the exam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, can you? Can and you... if you had an American examiner, like the American examiner might not even understand. Really, you. They'd be like, they are not not familiar with that accent. That's what they are from from Paris, man. You know what I mean? Like it's like in France and all that. Like what is that even English? <laughs> Yeah, that's... it is hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask you another question. Okay. okay. Um, so, do you enjoy taking photographs? Thank you for your question. Photographs are interesting. I like photographs. Uh, uh, it has been known that humans uh, regard photographs as emotionally important. Uh, I I find it difficult to engage with human emotions. But I understand the importance of photographs in human interactions, for example, holidays. That's that's good. I'm gonna stop you there. Uh-huh. That was that was good. Was that, <laughs> <laughs> is that a good response? Is that the way it should be done? I think um I think if you were auditioning for the show Humans, then you would be in there. Really? But for the exam, not so great. Okay. All right. Give me another one yeah. and let me try again. Um, okay. Do you, uh, do you often read the newspaper? Um, yeah, I do. Um, well, actually I say that Uh, I don't really read the newspaper much anymore because, um, (laughs) I don't, I just, I rarely get, the only time I read the newspaper is if I see one lying around and I'll pick it up. But most of the time I just get my news from like my phone. I get, I've got the, uh, like a news app and it just gives me updates of news stories. And so I tend to just read news on my phone. So I don't read the newspaper much anymore. Yeah, that was perfect. Yay. You get a nine. <laughs> okay, so that's how it's supposed to be done. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So um, what about humor? So in, yeah, go on, go on, go on. In that, So in that first part, um, students should answer between like two to five sentences, I usually say. So it has to be complete sentences. Yep. So, you know, like the informal guy just has like grunts and one word answers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, but you want to try to always have complete sentences, even though that's not really authentic because native speakers don't mm. speak in complete sentences all the time. Mm. So it's not super authentic, but... Nevertheless, if you want a good grade, you have to always give complete sentences. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Um, what about humor? Because obviously on Luke's English podcast, uh, I, I was going to say we are big fans of humor, but I mean, it's just me. Man. It's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love humor and I've got a special interest in comedy and humor and things. What do you think about using humor in the speaking part? Do, is, do you recommend that? I do. And it surprises a lot of people because mm. this is like a formal academic test. Yeah. Um, like I know when you and I were emailing about this show, you're like, well, because I usually tell students not to do that. Mm. And, you know, fair enough. You probably on most formal tests, you should not try to be funny. Yeah. Um, but this is this is different. It's an English proficiency exam. It's not like a algebra quiz. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's. It's not just testing one part of your language ability. It's not it's not just yeah. testing your, you know, grammar, your ability to memorize grammar rules or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the speaking portion, you are talking to a real person, yeah. you know? And if your personality is one who you like to make jokes and like especially making fun of yourself, yeah. I think is good to do on an exam like this because it shows um it shows your ability to to be relaxed and to have real communication mm. with somebody, mm. right? Like it's like it's authentic that you are like this is you. This is your personality, right. and the examiner can connect to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't basically don't be afraid to kind of show you have a bit of a sense of humor. I imagine that sort yeah. of like you know using it as an opportunity to tell a bunch of jokes and do some sort of pre-prepared comedy routine would be a mistake, <laughs> of course. But showing that you've got a personality and that you've got a sense of humor is uh, it's obviously going to be a good thing. It's a good way of making an impression and allowing your sort of uh, your 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 genuine and charming English to come out. Um, yeah. Okay. Exactly. All exactly. Right. So yeah, don't like rock up and tell a knock knock joke or whatever. But yeah, like <laughs> imagine <laughs> that. So imagine imagine that. Um, so what's your name? <laughs> knock knock. Excuse me. So knock knock. Uh, who, who's there? Luke. <sighs> Luke who? 
Luke through the window and you'll find out. <laughs> um, that would be bad. That would that would really piss the examiner off, yeah. I think, if you yeah. did that. Because, um, the you know, the examiner has a job to do and the person has to follow this script in front of them. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it, in talking about humor, like don't don't ask the examiner questions. Don't be like, "Has that ever happened to you?" Or like, "You know what I mean?" <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, <laughs> "Am I right or am I right?" right. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. you want to use those type of phrases yeah. with the examiner. But um, you can still um, t- tell something that's like slightly embarrassing about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if the examiner says, um, "I don't know," do you like to take photographs? Um, you could say, well, this is this is um, uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but actually, I'm kind of obsessed with taking photographs, mm-hmm. especially of food. Right. Like, I don't know, and tell like a funny story or something like, yeah, I, I love taking photographs, especially of myself, to be honest, because I love taking selfies. And all my friends tell me that I've got to stop doing it, but I just love taking selfies. <laughs> so yeah, I do take photographs, but just of myself. Um, yeah, just anything that allows you to sort of, you know, chuckle and use some intonation in your voice. Like, mm. oh, yeah, that's, well, yeah, to be honest, I, I take too many pictures of myself. And mm. so that that improves your score, you yeah. know, that directly impacts your pronunciation score. Because if, right. you, if you smile, if you relax and put some emotion in your voice, mm. your pronunciation score can jump to a seven, right. you know, from right. like this robotic five you could push that up to a seven or higher if you just put if you just relax and just be yourself right okay great really good really good (laughs) advice um let's see what else so um could do um could you give me some more examples of uh well phrases and questions do you have any more phrases and questions um yeah so um these uh, we all you, I think we tell students to not memorize lexical chunks, but mm. honestly, like you kind of have to memorize some lexical yeah. chunks if you're gonna connect your ideas and introduce your thoughts in mm-hmm. the right ways, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, if you're gonna share a funny story about yourself or tell something that's sort of self-deprecating, you know, yes. um, then you could say you won't believe this, but or yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. But um or like you know what that I have the most I have the funniest story to tell you. One time blah blah blah. Yeah. Um you could say let's see I'll admit or I'm embarrassed to say. Yeah. Um yeah, so I think those I think that's enough chunks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you won't believe this but or this is crazy but so like this is crazy but I have um my phone is full. And it's because it's full of selfies. And I'm really embarrassed to admit it, but I do take loads of selfies all the time in different <laughs> locations, but it's always my my face and no one ever sees them. That's the embarrassing thing. So yeah, I do Wait, take lots that, of photos. No, that's not that tr- true. That's not true. No, that's okay. not actually true. <laughs> <laughs> there was, oh my gosh, this reminds, um, do you, do, do you know a podcast or the radio show called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? Um, I've, I, the name is familiar, but no, I don't, uh, I haven't listened to it. No. Okay. So, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a show on NPR. It's like a weekly, um, news quiz, yeah. but it has three comedians on there and they just talk about the news and it's, it's super funny. Um, but it's like real news stories that they're like riffing on. Yeah. And for your listeners, like if you're preparing to take a, a, IELTS test or just trying to improve your English at mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. listening to this native speaker podcast is a really good idea. So okay. anyway, um, the, a story came up this weekend where <laughs> what the question was like, um, a man was a man was hired for a job and then was immediately fired. Why? And then they had to, you know, guess reasons. Right. And the answer was because after he was hired, he, he sent um, um, inappropriate selfies of himself to the oh, HR director. Inappropriate selfies. I think I know what you're talking about. You know what she's yeah. talking about, right, listeners? Inappropriate <laughs> selfies. That's not a selfie of the face. Well, not the the, the main face at the top of it's, your body. Anyway. It was kind of everything. Selfies oh. of the whole package. And he, he, he was sending inappropriate selfies to the manager of the company? To like the HR director, like the person that hired him. Really? What? Yeah. Why was he doing that? I don't know. 
I mean, you're. I guess you're supposed to like contact them to thank them for their time or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like but that's polite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. An email, so. maybe a polite email, saying thanks very much for the interview. I'm very glad that you accepted me for the position. I look forward to working with you. Uh, yeah, exactly. And rather exactly. than here's a bunch of nice photos of myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just so funny yeah but anyway that um it, one one thing Lindsay and i like to encourage on our show we talk a lot about creating a culture of thinking yeah. um and that's just encouraging our students to pick up a newspaper or listen to a, a you know a news show from the bbc or from yeah. npr just so like when you well, for two reasons. When you go into exams like this, mm-hmm. you have something to say. You have something to write about. Yes. Um, like something that, that always kind of drove me crazy uh, when I was teaching like writing task two or whatever. They'd raise their hand and be like, but what am I supposed to say? Like, yeah. What am I supposed to write about? Yeah. It's like, use your ideas. You're a smart adult person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it gives you stuff to, to use on the exam. But also, if you're going to have an, a conversation with a native speaker, you have something to say. Like, you have a way to start a mm. conversation and something to comment on. So, mm. listening to, like, your show and our show. <laughs> yeah. And wait, wait, don't tell me. This This is, yeah, this is your entrance. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of um, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of native speakers of English, like my friends and so on, I think a lot of us sort of have a lot of stories or ideas for stories or, or themes or topics which we find sort of funny. And because yeah. we listen to a lot of comedy on the radio or comedy podcasts or we watch comedy on TV, we are used to you know, listening to comedians who find the route to the funny thing. Like someone like Jerry Seinfeld Mm -hmm. is a good example. Jerry Seinfeld Mm -hmm. will talk about, you know, uh, taking a a flight somewhere and everything he says is just some funny little observation said in yeah. in a in a very funny and, and engaging kind of way so we'll say you know what's with what's the deal with online with uh what's the deal with uh, in flight <laughs> entertainment you know and then he'll kind of make all the, so it's sort of we're used to hearing observations being given in a funny sort of way and so observational humor yeah, uh-huh. obs- yeah. observational humor exactly um, and there is a certain language around obs- observational humor and a sort of thinking involved in it but not necessarily mm-hmm. our our learners of english they're not necessarily in touch with that kind of thinking and that kind of language and that kind of culture and so they are That's maybe true. at a loss when it comes to talking about a holiday in a in a light-hearted and engaging and, and enthusiastic way because they they haven't mm-hmm. got the sort of the beats you know that uh, yeah. most native speakers are, are quite well aware of so yeah engaging with you know comedy shows and entertainment shows and things like my podcast and your podcast can help to just sort of inform people of the right kind of uh, language of of informal speaking you know and then and they'll they'll also just get the joke more if they're hanging out with a group of americans yeah. they'll understand why something is funny because yeah. i mean you i know that you've traveled a lot and humor is different in every country right mm-hmm. and sometimes it's it's a lot more slapsticky or it's a lot more yeah. physical or there's just there's a different reason why things are funny but mm. i think it's a very british north american thing this observational humor that yeah really really launch stand-up comedy and to be like a mainstream form of entertainment absolutely but it is it is a type of humor that i don't think exists in in a lot of cultures so you know when students are going to the movies and they're watching i don't know whatever movie they're like why are people laughing i don't Mm. even understand Mm. um that's frustrating but if you put yourself into this environment more and you listen to to shows like wait wait don't tell me or there's another podcast that I love um, called How Did This Get Made? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's uh, three three or four stand-up comics talking about really bad movies. Right. And it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. It's one of the funniest things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it's uh, about sort of attitude as well, just like looking for the funny side of things. And also, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, being self-deprecating. Often, mm-hmm. I think in American and British culture, um, a lot of the humour is about making fun of yourself and not taking yourself Definitely. too seriously. And yet it sounds like we're talking genuinely, but in fact there's an edge of sort of irony or something there, which is like inviting people to to, to, to laugh at you as if... Because it, yeah. we, we hate arrogance, right? We, we can't stand it. And so we like to to kind of um, self-deprecate a little bit as a way of just sort of like taking the edge off and making sure that there's no sense of arrogance in what we're saying. We don't want people to take us That's too true. seriously. 
you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think in our, yeah, in, in, in our cultures, you don't, you, you can't speak too proudly of yourself because mm. then people won't like you. They'll yeah. be like, oh God, like there has to be an air of, of some sort of being humble about what you're saying so making fun of yourself is a is a good way to do that and plus it sort of like opens you up to the other person yeah you know it it shows this like vulnerable aspect where you're able to um like make jokes about yourself and other things and then it relaxes the other person as well so it's a it's a good conversational like technique to yes (laughs) to be able to make fun of yourself yes it is yeah um, okay. All right. So I hope my listeners are paying attention and sort of making, you know, making notes on these things. I say making notes, actually, a lot of, a lot of the things that, uh, we are saying here, Jessica, will be available on a page for this episode on my website. Uh, so a lot, oh, of, a lot of them can actually, you know, read little summaries and bits of, uh, bits of information that, that we're actually saying on the page for this episode. Um, now, um, could you, could you give me a speaking test? Do you think you could do that? I could. I could. Because um, I, wonder, I, wonder, be- I wonder if my listeners are interested in actually hearing me doing the speaking test. I'm wondering, actually, Jessica, if I should do it as myself or if I should pretend. I think... I think I should probably no, do it do, as myself. Do it as yourself. Yeah. Do it as yourself. I know that our listeners, some of their favorite episodes are when we give example answers because students really, really mm. love to hear example answers. So right. at like, yeah, native speaker, how would you do it? I think that's a lot, a oh, lot better. Okay. So let's imagine that um, I've signed up to do the IELTS exam for whatever reason. And I've just walked into the room and I sit down and you're the examiner and I'm the the student, and so I'm going to take the IELTS exam. Let's see if I can actually pass the exam. Wouldn't it be embarrassing if I got like two or something? So, <laughs> That's uh, impossible. It's unlikely, isn't it? Let's be honest. That's impossible. But I have, well, yeah, native speakers don't always get nines, but yeah. I think that's just because they don't know what the exam is about. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not that common. It's not like everyone who's a native speaker automatically gets a nine, which is something I tell my students, that uh, this is a difficult exam for everyone. Everyone finds yeah. it difficult. It's meant yeah, to be. It's designed that way, isn't it, to, be, to challenge everyone who takes it. Um, anyway, I'm going to try not to stress out too much or anything. I'm just going to try and relax, be myself. <laughs> breathe, uh, breathe. breathe. Yeah, don't forget to breathe. Chant, chant a mantra um, to yourself. <laughs> okay, okay, so I'm, re- I'm yeah, ready. So what happens on exam day? So you come in, I look at your passport, what have you. Um, and then Even- I turn on the recording. So the test is always recorded. So don't let that make you nervous. Okay. Um, and in part one, I'm just going to ask you some questions about yourself. Okay. So um, where are you living at the moment? Um, at the moment, um, I'm living in Paris, which is um, an amazing place to live. And um, I've been living here for about three years. So yeah, I'm living in Paris, in the center of Paris, in, in the ninth arrondissement. It's very nice. Um, why do you enjoy living there? Um, well, I mean, it's Paris, isn't it? Um, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, it's famously uh, one of the top cities in the world, and there are these beautiful buildings everywhere, and loads of great restaurants. It's an extremely attractive place, and it just feels like I'm living in in a Hollywood sort of. I feel like I'm living in a Woody Allen <laughs> movie. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, are there many shops near your apartment? Yeah, in fact, I live in a place with lots of shops nearby. Uh, I live in a, an area which has um, sort of um, um, been gentrified over the last few years, and all these little mm. sort of all these little boutique shops keep springing up on the streets uh, around where I live. So just over the road, there's this uh, super cool shop that sells these really trendy T-shirts and, and caps and things <laughs> and um, and other little shops that sell jewellery and things. Yeah, it's a, loads of really nice little boutique. I can't believe I live here, to be honest. Uh, I don't <laughs> shop in these places. I can't afford it, but they're nice to have around. Um, let's move on to the topic of um, contacting people. Uh-huh. Um, how do you usually contact your friends? Um, I, t- I tend to contact my friends by text message, actually. I don't know why. I just prefer to use texts rather than calling them. I don't know if this is just because I'm antisocial, but uh, I prefer <laughs> to just, you know, write texts and I like to add smileys and things in my text. So it tends to be by text message, usually. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you find it easy to keep in contact with friends and family? 
Um, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, now that we've got the internet and everything, it's really easy. I mean, I, although even though I live um, in another country um, and most of my family are in back in the UK, it's really easy to keep in touch just with things like WhatsApp and Skype mm. and all that sort of thing. So I actually find it pretty easy, although some members of my family are a bit lazy and they don't respond <laughs> to my texts, which is very annoying. Uh, but ge- <laughs> generally speaking, no, it's great. So I can keep in touch with them easily using my mobile phone um in your country did people in the past keep in contact in the same ways as they do today um well no no not really no 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 i mean it used to be god i mean if it depends on how far you want to go back people used to use things like (laughs) carrier pigeon uh that used to be that was like the whatsapp of its day and pe- you know what people used to do is using a sort of a quill not like a normal pen but a quill made from a feather they would dip the quill into ink and then scrawl some very carefully worded formal letter uh, and then attach it to the leg of a pigeon and then sort of very ceremoniously launch the pigeon out of a out of a window and then watch it fly off into the distance um in a very romantic kind of way it's very romantic in those days unlike these would, days when we use a text message it's not there's nothing romantic about a text is there really i would i would love to receive a carrier pigeon letter yeah that would that would be amazing With that little, would make my year little leather container on the leg and you open it up but would you but would you really want to touch like a pigeon would you really want to get your hands in there like that well no one of my carrier pigeons they're they're very finely well well looked after very finely bred nothing but the best carrier pigeons (laughs) nothing but the best for my message you know the carrier pigeon is a very different beast to the the city pigeon that's covered in crap you know like a carrier pigeon is like very well well-maintained beautiful True. specimen and when they one live in gilded yeah, cages yeah exactly they the fed tops. fed you know uh caviar caviar that's right <laughs> when you receive a message from from me you'd you'd know it because you you know it would be like the, this incredibly beautiful uh bird with amazing plumage would arrive at your windowsill <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, a message from luke thompson Maybe maybe like a special a special bauble around its neck from the shop across the street from your apartment. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like a cool hip hop <laughs> pigeon. You know what I mean? <laughs> hip hop carrier okay. pigeon. Yes. Um just just to let your listeners know, on the test the examiner's not allowed to like comment on anything you're saying. So that makes some people nervous because mm. they're like, the examiner just stared at me and just went on to the next question. Mm. So the examiner's not allowed to comment, right? Right. The person can't even say, like, oh, that's interesting. Like nothing. They just have to ask the question. So Yes, okay. Did I did yeah. I go on a little bit in some of my answers where some of my answers are a bit too long? Um, no, if it's, you know, like five sentences or whatever, that's fine. And also the examiner does have to keep track of the time. So if you do speak for too long, the examiner will like interrupt you and go on to the next question. So I think that that also makes students nervous, you know, like, Mm. oh, she didn't like what I was saying. Like she made me stop talking. Well, you know, like, as I said, it is a job for the examiner also. And they do have to ask you like a certain amount of stuff in this period Mm -hmm. of time. So yeah, don't be nervous if the examiner's like oh thank you thank you yeah. uh, <laughs> I've, I've examined a few uh, exams before like Cambridge exams and things and I, oh, yeah. I, I, I always find it kind of a bit awkward when I have to say thank you as if it feels like I'm going okay now shut up you know it feels like yeah. I'm saying shut up it's actually thank you meaning um, you know we've just run out of time uh, but so yeah when, if the examiner says thank you and interrupts you it's not a problem it doesn't mean you've done something wrong it's just time exactly okay. yeah and All I right. think and I think usually the examiners are I mean they've been doing doing this for so long they know how to do it in a nice way to yeah. like so you're not all like nervous and weird about it right right um, well okay. hopefully hopefully you have an experienced person who will be nice to you yeah okay so that um, so that was part one we just did there that, that was part mm-hmm. one so we're not yeah do- so on the on the real test the um you will have to talk about three different topics in part one mm-hmm. um but again they're all they're all super easy and they're all about you like right. they're all, pers- all about me yeah they're all the questions about, are about me. They're all about Luke Thompson's podcast. Really? So <laughs> just listen to every episode and memorize a couple and you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Then. All right. So part two. In part two, um, 
And part two, I'm going to ask you to speak about a topic for one to two minutes. You will have one minute to prepare your answer mm -hmm. and make some notes if you wish. Do you understand? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. And then I will pass you a paper and a pencil. And then I'll give you the booklet and show you the topic card. Um, and you can't change the topic. Like, even if it's about really? something you are not familiar with, doesn't matter. You have to talk about what I tell you. Okay. So this topic card says, um, describe a party that you enjoyed. And okay. then there are three bullet points under that. Um, you don't have to talk about the bullet points, okay? You only yeah. have to talk about that topic. So okay. if you can tell a story about a party, um, then that's, you know, that'll fill the two minutes. Okay. And... Uh uh, what are the three bullet points that I have on this one? Um, it says, whose party was it and what what was it? What was the party? Yeah. Um, where was the party held? And what did people do during the party? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom of the card, it says, and explain what you enjoyed about this party. All right, then. Okay. So... Um, do you, do you want one minute to take notes? <laughs> I've already taken notes. So that, that counts as my minute. I think my, I've already had my minute. Okay. Let's go. Let's so do it. I'll, I'll keep track of the time. Okay. Okay. Um, can you, and then the examiner says, can you start speaking now, please? Oh, all right. So do you want me to start speaking now? Yes. Okay. Please. All right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, I went to a party at the weekend actually, um, on Saturday night and, uh, it was really, really good fun. Let me tell you about it. Um, basically what happened was that, uh, my, my wife was invited uh, to this party and well, if she was invited, I was invited too, you see, cause that's the way it works <laughs> in a marriage. Uh, and, um, so it was one of her best friends having her 30th birthday and this friend, um, who's called Roxanne decided that the theme of the party would be rainbows cause she's all into rainbows. She loves rainbows. <laughs> she loves rainbows in unicorns. Um, and so she decided that rainbows would be the theme of the party. And loads of people were invited. There were like 75 guests, which was brilliant. And um, before we uh, came to the party, everyone was given a colour. So we were given different colour groups. So there was like, you know, all the colours of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue cool. and purple and all that. And so I was in, my wife and I were in the yellow category. So we had to dress up in yellow costumes and so, first of all, I was really nervous. I was thinking, oh, God, I'm going to look like a right idiot dressed in yellow. I don't, I don't have anything yellow. So I had to borrow some trousers from a friend and a T-shirt from another friend. <laughs> and uh, my wife and I went to, like, a little gift shop and we bought some, um, some fancy dress stuff. She bought, like, this feather boa uh, made of yellow feathers. And I bought a, fe a yellow wig made of yellow feathers. And so when we put all this stuff on, she was wearing like this really nice yellow dress and I was wearing all my yellow stuff with a yellow wig and, and everything. We put it all on. We actually looked really, it looked really cool. It looked really great. And, and suddenly uh, with all the stuff on, we both felt like having a really good time. So we went to the party and it was held in this um, uh, sort of art gallery thing that Roxanne, Roxanne knows someone who owns this art gallery space. So that's where the party was. And we arrived and it was full of people in crazy, ridiculous clothing in different colours. And they were all the colours of the rainbow. And for example, the red people were sort of dressed. Okay, that's two minutes. Oh, Thank okay. You. Well, I had a really good time anyway. <laughs> um, and then the examiner usually asks one um, closing question, like, um, do you like to throw parties? Um, I prefer to go to other people's parties, to be honest. Um, okay. just because and, then, I, and you, and that closing question, you only have to give like a one sentence answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the purpose of that closing question is actually not to get you to talk more, but to just finish part two in a, like, yeah, I don't know, like a cohesive way, yeah. you know, yeah. just to get you to stop talking and let you know that it's time to finish okay all right yeah. <laughs> so don't worry about that last question it doesn't matter like okay you could literally give one word and it's it'd be fine okay um okay and then the examiner says thank you and takes back the booklet the paper and pencil and says um you have been talking about a party you enjoyed recently. Mm -hmm. um, in this part, I'm going to ask you some more general questions related to this. Okay. Um, first of all, let's talk about family parties. Um, what are the main reasons why people organize family parties in your country? Um, I suppose one of the main reasons is just to get 
just to have an excuse to get the family together. You know, sometimes you need a, a, an excuse to bring everyone together, especially if you're all grown up and you've moved out of the parents' house and everything. And it's just nice to have a reason, have an occasion for everyone to get together. And uh, there, there may be specific times like a birthday or um, maybe, you know, even a funeral or a marriage or something like that. But uh, normally it seems the main thing is just to get a, give everyone a chance to get together and, and catch up and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think um, all the family members look forward to these get-togethers? Well, it's always complicated. I think it's not just my <laughs> family, but I think probably any family, there's always some complication. And, you know, Christmas is a perfect example of that, that, you know, the idea is that it's meant to be this great sort of occasion where the family is all uh, very nice to each other. It's all about giving and receiving and sharing time together. But in fact, a lot of the time, it seems families just, you know, they feel forced to stay together and there's lots of friction and they argue and people end up, you know, sort of uh, storming out and getting drunk and it's a total disaster. <laughs> so, it, you know, that's off- what happens in America as well. Oh, good. I'm not. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just in the UK. Yeah. So I think just, um, yes, go on. Sorry. Do you think, do you think these, um, these realities of family celebrations, do you think this is true in most countries today? I expect so. I think that, um, it, human nature is, is universal. And I think that, um, I'm sure that whenever families get together, there's usually a bit of friction because, you know, they say uh, that you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And Mm. uh, even though you're all related, often, you know, you can be quite different personalities. And and the fact that you're a family unit means that you sometimes feel obliged or forced to spend time with these people Mm -hmm. when, in fact, um, you'd much rather be off with your friends. So I think that it's probably human nature. And I imagine in any culture you can go and and, and observe families that uh, have rows and arguments with each other i think it's perfectly normal everywhere um let's move on to national celebrations Mm -hmm. yeah um what kinds of national celebrations do you have in your country um well national celebrations let's see well i mean you know we've got the royal family in our country and there are occasionally big national celebrations that revolve around the royal family for example Mm. not long ago we had the royal wedding between kate middleton and prince william (laughs) And uh, that was a big national celebration. And why? Well, on one hand, because obviously everyone was happy that the, you know, these, the prince and and Kate were going to get married, but also because everyone got a day off. Yay! We all got the day off. It's a bit like Labour Day. People got the day off. That's right. We all got the day off. So naturally, everyone was delighted that uh, the royals were getting married. And uh, never mind the amount of money that was being spent on it. Never mind that. It was a good excuse to have a party. And have a few drinks and have a day off. So, of course, everyone was delighted with that. Was was there a, a discussion of the, the people's opinions on this amount of money that was spent? Uh, yes, actually, there was. There, there was a, a lot of discussion around that point. And I think uh, in the end, uh, the, 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 the celebration won the argument. Um, <laughs> it did. Because, because on the day when it actually happened, in fact... You know, I most the the, the vast majority of people, uh, despite their political views, actually tuned in and watched it, and and it was I think it was very really? difficult. Yeah, I think it was very difficult for people to not feel a little bit interested or moved by it. I think we enjoyed the spectacle in general, and I, I'm not yeah. like a super royalist myself. I think I'm fairly open-minded about these things, but I think that most people probably kind of enjoyed it. Um, You know, some people were sort of used it as a chance to be extremely nationalistic and super patriotic. Um, Mm -hmm. Other people who who don't care about these things, I think they just found it to be a fascinating spectacle. And in fact, the, 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 the wedding itself was not too opulent they didn't go over the top with um with the decorations it didn't seem to be that expensive i'm sure it was a very expensive occasion but it wasn't like covered in gold and like massive amounts of expense (laughs) it was actually quite modest you know it took place in westminster abbey and you know it was fairly modestly decorated and tastefully done so i think on balance i think it was well received um even though yeah there was plenty of argument about it being unnecessary but generally the balance of opinion seems to be in favor of the the, the royal family at the moment yeah i think it's i think it's might be more in favor of the royal family than um your nation's leader right now well yeah david cameron 
yeah. here in the news. <laughs> David Cameron. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. But this isn't a politics podcast. No. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. So in uh, in part three, those are the types of questions you're asked. Like a lot of questions about um, cultural traditions, mm-hmm. um, your, your opinions on the current state of society and how it's different than the past. Mm. How might it be different in the future? So those are the general sort of functions of yeah. the questions. Um, and again, I mean, if this is why we need this culture of thinking, right? If all you're doing is sitting and playing PS3 or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're not going to have anything to talk about. Right. So another good reason to investigate some of these podcasts, especially the the um, like the comedy podcast, like we've mentioned. So you get the feeling of um, how to talk about like observations in a funny way or how to pick things apart in an interesting manner. Um, Different phrases you could use, stuff like that. Yeah. And also these comedians and things, to an extent, they are sort of like opinion makers as well. Because if you you listen to, I don't know, Bill Burr or something like that, then he's got Mm -hmm. fairly strong opinions on, you know, stuff like sport and and issues relating to sport. And so a lot of the time people can just kind of like take or, or borrow the attitudes of, of some of these yeah. people that they've listened to. And and, and I, totally. I think a lot of native speakers do this too. You know, when they're Definitely. in the pub having a drink and they're sharing their opinions, a lot of the time they're just repeating opinions that they've heard other people yeah. say. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the, the way that people have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... If you if you are interested in comedy, right? If you're if you watch stand up comedy in the UK or in North America, mm. um, they're talking about very serious issues. They're talking about like up to date news, like I don't know mm. the royal family wedding or immigration or things that are super serious. And the way that they talk about them, um, they're able to give opinions that other people cannot. Yeah. Like they're able to sort of share insights and be be honest about what people are thinking. That it most people can't say right because yeah. they're 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 being funny so they're allowed to say a lot yeah. of stuff that's right that's the one of the great things about comedy is that uh you know a lot of serious issues are being talked about and it's really entertaining and, and amusing at the yeah. same time yeah so exactly. I, I always recommend my listeners to to check out stand-up comedy uh what was that um podcast you mentioned it was wait wait don't tell me uh-huh and what was um, the other one uh, <laughs> how did this get made how did this get made meaning like yeah about like bad they, movies yeah they choose yeah. one bad movie every two weeks right. um and then they have a, a super hilarious conversation like picking it apart <laughs> like how it doesn't make sense fantastic i love doing that honestly it's one of my jessica it's one of my favorite things it's just sitting in front of a telly with uh, a movie on with some of my friends around having a few beers yeah. or whatever and just just destroying a terrible movie and just making fun of it it's just brilliant fun even great movie i even enjoy doing that with great films i just love talking yeah. nonsense about films it's brilliant me too me too yeah. um do you remember that that show um mystery science theater 3000 <laughs> no i've never heard of it oh my god it it's, it's pretty old i don't know how old you are but it's from i think it's from the 90s but yeah. there have been some like resurgences of it on comedy central and it like the premise of it was like the what you saw on your tv screen was like a movie screen right. with a guy and a robot sitting right. in front of it and so you're watching the movie with them and right. they're talking about it the whole time yeah <laughs> it's so funny oh, you could i'm sure you can see stuff on youtube mystery science theater 3000 mystery the science theater 3000 all right i'm gonna check it out um <laughs> all right well so how did i do in the in the speaking exam then i mean uh what do you reckon i, I know it normally takes I- a long time to to come to a conclusion about someone's uh score but w- what do you reckon what kind of score do you reckon i, got? I would i would give you a nine yeah really i'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to a nine <laughs> I'm glad. I'm to be honest. I'm relieved. If I'd got anything less than a nine, I would have been a bit worried. <laughs> oh my it god! Was, it was touch and go there for a while, but yeah. I think you pulled through at the yeah, end. Yeah, I probably rambled on a little bit. So I tend to do that. I tend to just go on and on. And like in part two, for example, I didn't come to a conclusion. I didn't finish my anecdote. You had to interrupt me. I think that's yeah. probably a weak point. No, that's fine. No, that's the way you should. That's the way you should do. Really, the, it's impo- It's impossible to like craft your answer so you have like introduction, body, conclusion, and you know, like every yeah. spoken answer. That's impossible. Right. Um, and it's not authentic, and it's not what the examiner wants. It's okay. it's better just to keep going and let the examiner stops you, stop oh, okay. you, because okay. you're you're not going to lose points for that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Good. Good. Thank goodness. So good that. job. 
job. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. <laughs> um, all right, Jessica, it's been fantastic to have you on Luke's English Podcast. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope it was super are. fun. Thanks for having yeah. me on. Yeah, well, anytime. And um, so uh, thanks for all the advice that you've given to my listeners about uh, taking the IELTS speaking exam. I'm sure that uh, those yeah. of them who, who are no doubt will be taking the exam, I'm sure that's going to be very, very useful indeed. Uh, and even those who aren't taking the exam, I think that we've said some useful things too. I, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, and you know, a lot of my students, well, not a lot, but some of my students are, they don't have to take the exam for any specific reason. They're mm -hmm. just, they're just at a point in their English when they want something to put on their CV or they want, they need a reason to study. Yep. You know what I mean? Like if you're upper intermediate level, then maybe you just need a direction. You need a focus to sort of push yourself into learning more. So taking an exam like this is a good reason to do that. So if you guys are curious about the exam, go to our website at ielts.alliersenglish.com mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and you could see videos of me talking about the exam um, get some extra resources listen to our podcast stuff like that okay that's a good stuff brilliant yeah. ielts.alliersenglish.com and the podcast is called uh, IELTS uh, Energy Podcasts with, yes, with Jessica yes yeah. The, the, the examiner of excellence. I need to bring that back. I do not use that name enough. <laughs> I think you need business cards, clearly. That's clearly the way forward. Seriously, a tattoo, something. Yeah, that's right. Everyone <laughs> should get tattoos with that ring on it. They'll be weird, but let's, let's try and make that happen. Um, all right, Jessica, it's lovely to talk to you. Have a great, uh, have a great day because I guess it's like a 9.20 in the morning where you are, right? No, 10.20. 10, 10.20 yeah. in the morning. Um, okay, well, I'm, I, it's now the evening for me. I'm going to go to the supermarket and do the shopping. All right. Uh, it's exciting where I live. <laughs> Woohoo! Thanks for sharing that. Yay! <laughs> okay. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, then. Um, ha have a great day and, uh, you know, hopefully speak to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Luke. You too. Okay. Bye then. Bye. 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 All right. So that was my conversation with uh, Jessica Beck from um, IELTS Energy Podcast and allearsenglish.com. Check out her stuff online. Some really useful things there. Okay. Did you, uh, I hope you picked up a few things from that. Um, um, and just generally enjoyed the conversation. Uh, don't forget to check out the page for this episode um, on teacherluke.co.uk and also the previous episode I did about IELTS, which I think was, what, episode number 254? I think it was called Tips and Tricks for the IELTS Test. That was my previous uh, episode about IELTS. Okay, all right, as ever, leave your comments uh, under the page for this episode. And uh, it's uh, and that's it, basically. I'll speak to you again soon. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, it's just time for me to say goodbye. And I'm going to do it right now. So here we go. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.